I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. When I could walk, my daddy had me out there helping him skin his deer. Certain kind of crazy to love it, you know, to go down there and want something to buy. I'm not real big. I've had catfish swim off of me before. When he got it out of his side, it still had fish slime on the end of the hook. I said, Daddy, you a bad son of a gun. She's a free-range deer, free to come and go as she pleases, but she sleeps on our porch, on the doormat. She don't even move when you open the door. She just looks up at you. I never realized how many animal rights people were out there because lord have mercy i get death threats every day or no they said i'm gonna come and hunt down you and your family i told them good luck you get your deer or you catch your fish or whatever you'll look back and all that you did to get to that point you'll be proud of this is hannah Barron, and you're listening to living country in the city episode 18 y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit Straight from the concrete jungle, we'll put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. Hey y'all, thank you for joining me for another episode of Living Country in the City. Today on the line, I've got coming to you straight from Alabama, Hannah Barron. Now, I'm especially excited about today's podcast because I'm talking with Hannah about catfish noodling. Now, if y'all don't know what noodling is, it's probably one of the craziest, most exciting ways to fish that I'm aware of. And, you know, noodling's always been something that I've been fascinated by and wanted to try, but haven't really even had the foggiest as to where to start. So I figured that I should ask a pro. Now, Hannah's pulled out some monster catfish, so I'm super excited to learn more. Hey, Hannah, how you doing out there? Pretty good, I reckon. (laughs) Thank you so much for uh, joining me on the show today. Oh, yeah. So for those of my uh, listeners who don't know you quite as well, why don't you give me just maybe a quick history about uh, a little bit about yourself and just how you got started with hunting and fishing and just the outdoors in general. All right. Well, my name's Hannah Barron, and a lot of people know me as the crazy catfish girl. Cause <laughs> I'm that crazy one in the video that went viral last year grabbing about a 30 pound flathead catfish and pulling up out of the water we've been doing that for about five years but me and my family we've been hunting and fishing and all that our whole lives when i could walk my daddy had me out there helping him skin his deer he he would carry me in the woods before i could walk to go hunting with him (laughs) i swear pictures that is fantastic. I 
you're gonna you're gonna have to post uh, post some of those sometime. I want to see you. I want to see one of those. But uh... have you seen the picture where Daddy's got the eight point and or he's holding the eight points head up with one hand and he's got me in his other? I feel now, like I, I feel like I've seen that one. I'll have to go. Uh, I'll have to go look that up though, and uh, I'll post. Uh, I post. I have a show notes page that I post uh, after after this goes up, and that'll be livingcountryinthecity.com slash eighteen. And I'll post up links to all your social media, and I can definitely post up a link to that photo because that's so great. That's the reason I'm like I am right there. <laughs> Speaking of the catfish noodling, that's you know that's kind of I mean if if anything, you kind of blew up after that video went viral. That video, and the sad thing is, is that wasn't nothing. That's just one we happened to record. <laughs> wasn't even a real big fish it was about 30 pounds but my biggest is 50 jeez swallowed that one so now i've i've always been fascinated with this it's this is one thing you know i'm i'm from the middle of los angeles this is just something that i tell i try and explain this to my friends and they look at me like i'm just just absolutely insane i'm like well, first I tell them. First I tell them I'm like, there's this thing called catfish noodling, and and they kind of give me this strange look, like, okay, what's he gonna say next? And then I'm like, well, you know, it's when you you know you reach down and a catfish bites your hand, and you just grab on and you pull them out of the water, and and they look at me, they're like, people actually do that? I'm like, yeah, lots of people do that, and I I I'll usually end up showing them your video, <laughs> and, and they just sit there kind of in awe, and so. I guess I just I want to I want to maybe explain a little bit more about catfish noodling. Like I, I well, what guys? You said you've been doing it for about five years. What got y'all started on that? Well, out of all the people, a game warden, he he was in Louisiana for a while, and they showed him how to noodle over there because nobody in Alabama did that before he came along. Because we got. Louisiana's known for its gators, but we got just as many of them and all that kind of mess here, too. Well, he come back over here. He lived up in Shelby County for a while, and then he moved down, and he became our neighbor. And my daddy owns a sawmill, and he cut up a bunch of wood for him. And Mr. Brad said, hey, y'all want to go noodling? And we were like, heck yeah. <laughs> we were all for it, because that's right up our alley, and he he knew it. But... That's how it got started. He took us, and we've been hooked ever since. Oh man, I can imagine it. It honestly, it just looks like I don't know. As far as I feel like it's kind of like the extreme sport when it comes to fishing. Like you know, there's fishing, and then that there's like ultimate fishing, which is noodling. You know? Oh, it'll spoil you if you do this. You won't like fishing with a rod and reel as much anymore because you'll sit out there for hours with a pole. And you'll catch a fish that's, you know, less than 10 pounds. And woo, big stuff. <laughs> you go out hours and catch 200 pounds of catfish, you know, and noodling. That's just, that's just insane. So how do you, I mean, I don't, how do you even start? Like where, how do you pick a spot to go noodling? Like what makes a good noodling spot? Most of them memorized in the lakes we go to, but catfish will make holes or They'll find holes to bed in and lay their eggs anywhere where sunlight can't hit them because sunlight will kill their eggs. Okay. That's 
see people noodling the banks and in the stumps, but we look under concrete, like old seawalls, old boat ramps, stuff like that. We'll get around them and stick our feet under them until we find a hole, and then you just pull yourself to the bottom, stick your arm in it, and wait for something to bite you. (laughs) (laughs) Crazy. You get certain kind of crazy to love it, you know, to go down there and want something to bite you. I mean, that just has to go against, I mean, like, every instinct you have. Yeah. Yes, it does. Oh, my gosh. So you, you just you walk around, you kind of stick your feet under till you find a, a nice deep spot. And do those catfish, like, dig those holes themselves down there? Or? Well, mostly it's from the river washing it out from under stuff. But the catfish will get in it and fan it out, make the hole bigger and clean it out. Usually you can tell if the catfish has been in it just because it'll be cleaned out. Okay. And so how often, say, you know, you find one of these holes and uh, you you go in, how often do you find one that's that's full? Like, you know, is it pretty much every single one you find will likely have a catfish in it? or This time of year, yeah, most of them will have one or two, you know, a male and a female. Man. Um... <laughs> This is, I mean, this just seems like, yeah, the, uh, I can't imagine a better way to fish. You get, you get the biggest fish, you get the, get one just about every time provided you can get it up out of the water. Now that's the, that's the thing I've watched a couple of times is sometimes you got to get a little help, uh, from mm-hmm. someone getting pulled out, right? Right. Cause I'm five foot tall. I weigh 115 pounds. Last year, I weighed 100 flat before I started working out. So I'm not real big. (laughs) (laughs) I've had catfish swim off on me before. (laughs) So literally, you got your arm down its throat, and this thing's swimming through the water, dragging you along? Yeah, pushing my hair back over my face as it's pushing me backwards. And Daddy just grabs us both and puts us in the boat. (laughs) Let go. That... uh, that is the greatest thing. I love, I love that you're too stubborn to let it go, too. Well, did you see the video where the blue cat whooped my tail? Uh, yeah, but, yeah, I did see that one. I also saw how irritated you were, too. Oh, my Lord. But the deal with, with that is you've got to get both hands on them or you won't hold on to them if they decide to spin because some of them won't be as bad as others. But every now and then you'll get a hold of one that's going to whirl like a gator, and it's hard to hold on to one. That's why I stick my hand down their throat and I was, grab. I was going to say, I, I read you do it a little differently than, like, your your pop and your boyfriend and all the, the other guys, right? Right, because my hands ain't as strong as theirs. And Daddy, I don't know a man stronger than Daddy, and he's got his hand broke twice by these catfish Oof. because they grab them on the bottom jaw. Well, I started sticking my hand down their throat so that when they spin or whirl like that, it'll put all the pressure on my arm and it'll just cut me instead of doing any damage to my bones or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Tear me a little bit. I'd rather be cut than end up with a broke hand. Yeah, I'll definitely agree with you on that one. And, and I'm not just holding there. <laughs> well, and you have uh, you've posted a few pictures and a few videos. You've gotten you've gotten tore up pretty well a couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> I got a few scars. <laughs> and uh, so I, I noticed sometimes you use like a, a long sleeve or something like that. But, to... mm-hmm. It's 
I remember to put it on because that Joker's aggravating to get on and off. <laughs> is it what is it? Is it just like a neoprene kind of thing or Kevlar? Oh, Kevlar. Wow. Yeah, I got it from a welding shop around here. Okay, well that ought to that ought to help a little bit. Hopefully, <laughs> obviously not exactly the uh, the the most injury free sport. Um, I also noticed your pop's been out of the water for a while, right? Oh, that's been terrible. Well, about three Thursdays ago, this Thursday will be three weeks. Three weeks ago, we went, and that's the day we both got tore up. We got in the water. When they're way back in the hole where we can't reach them, because usually we'll go right in. We always go in with our hands first and try to grab them. But if they get under an old boat ramp, they'll be sometimes 15 foot back up in there, and you can't reach them. There ain't no way to get them out. So we'll take a um, a cane pole with a shark hook on the end of it, and they'll bite it, and we'll just pull them to the front of the hole, snatch the hook out, throw it back, and it'll float up to the top of the water, and then grab the fish and pull him out of the hole. Usually we don't never pull the fish out of the hole if the hook's not out of them. But with this particular fish Daddy got, he couldn't. It was wedged up under there. He couldn't get him out of the hole. And sometimes they'll do that with you this sport can get dangerous because if that would have been a deeper hole it would have been rough mm-hmm. but it was shallow <laughs> so when he put him out he couldn't get the hook out either and it was stuck in its side and it was just through a little piece of skin and it was hanging out the other side and daddy didn't realize it and when he pulled him out in the catfish world it just hubbed that big old shark hook up in his thigh oh so, gosh so he had a 35-pound blue cat attached to his leg because <laughs> it was terrible. And I was trying to figure out what to do. Me and Hunter drug him up the boat ramp onto the bank, and we're sitting there looking at the hook. And where you couldn't see the hook, all you could see was the pole. And every time that fish would flop, you could see his skin stretch out where that hook was inside him. And I was trying to figure out what to do. And Daddy grabs the end of the pole and just yanks it out. Ah, oh, gosh, that and hurts I, just listening yeah. to. I said, Daddy, you a bad son of a gun. <laughs> you know, you said he's the, the toughest guy you know. And I just from that story, I can imagine it. Jeez. But I uh, so he uh, he ended up having to go to the hospital for that, though, because I can imagine after being in so many fish and under that water, that's probably not the. Not the cleanest hook to have wedged in your thigh. We pulled, well, when he got it out of his thigh, it still had fish slime on the end of the hook. <laughs> he didn't get He said, oh, I'm fine. I've had enough stuff hubbed up in me all my life. You know, he's a carpenter. He's had nails shot through his hands, and he's had all kinds of mess happen. So he didn't figure nothing would happen to him. Well, that time, well, no, the next morning, he ended up with a hundred and something fever from where it got infected. And it could have been really bad. He finally went to the doctor then. <laughs> it's it looks better, but it's still it's still infected. So. Well, well, glad he is he is okay. So <laughs> that was a rough day. Because <laughs> oh, I got in the water and got my tail whooped by a blue cat. <laughs> yeah, I remember you posting that video, and I, I I just remember your comments because you you just. I could just tell how pissed off you were from all those comments. I was so mad because I've, you know, 
if I can get a good hold on a fish, it's hard for me to get my own arm out of their throats. <laughs> so they usually don't get away. And the fact that that one got away, I was just butthurt about that. <laughs> what happened with that one is um, when I went down there to get him, I stuck my hand in his mouth and I took my other hand trying to find his gills so I could get my other hand in his gills, but I ran out of air. So I took my hand and I pushed his bottom jaw to the bottom of the um the bottom of the lake try to hold him down so i could get a breath and go back down try to get my left hand in his gills and try to get my right hand down his throat well when i came up he shot out of the hole (laughs) took me with him oh that's got to be that's got to be frustrating how big how big you think that one was he wasn't he probably wasn't 25 pounds because i couldn't hardly get my hand in his mouth and they got a smaller mouth than a flathead, and they bite a lot harder, and they're just worse. I don't know if you could hear Daddy in the video. Get her up. Get her up. Yep, yep. <laughs> I was about to go under the boat with him. <laughs> Jeez. And I up with a bruise on my chin. I don't know how I got that. <laughs> Something there happened. I don't know if I hit the bottom of the boat or what. Well, I can, I can only imagine how many times you come up with six or seven bruises that you don't even realize until the next day when you're like, where'd yeah. that one come from? It's, it's crazy. I've been, on, I've been bit on both feet, both hands, my thigh, and my stomach. Jeez. Wait, how, how do you get bit on your stomach? I still don't know. I caught a, that 50-pound flathead I caught last year. Okay. When I caught him, I guess his mouth was so big, and when I pulled him to me, I ended up with teeth marks on my stomach. Jeez. <laughs> I swear, I don't know how still. Well, so that's uh, that's actually one of the things everyone asks me, is they ask me about the teeth on a catfish. And I honestly, like, I, I mostly catch trout. I don't know a ton about catfish, so I really have no answer for them. So what are the, what are the teeth like on them? It's like real tough sandpaper. Okay, kind of like a like a file or something almost. Yeah, like uh, that. Okay, so yeah, that'll. Uh, I can imagine if they're latched onto your arm and spinning, that'll uh, that'll tear you up pretty good. But it's not go all the way through your arm or something like that. No. Okay. The thing that hurts worse with the blue cats is the pressure, just because they can bite so hard. A lot of people around here don't want to catch a blue cat because they do bite so much harder than a flathead. It's like taking your hand, opening your car door, wrapping it in a glove, putting it in the door, and slamming it. <laughs> That's what it's like to get bit by a good blue cat. They're little jack <clears throat> So, you know, it's something, you can survive that, but, you know, well, like, <laughs> like y'all experience, you know, maybe one out of ten times your hand might get broke if, <laughs> if it's slammed especially hard. If they spin with it, lower that's fat. Mm. Well, that is, I mean, honestly, yeah, I've just always been absolutely fascinated with, with noodling. It's it's one of those things, it's it's definitely been on my bucket list. I, it's one thing I have to do one of these days. Um, and it's just, it's one of those things, you know, I'm... They don't have a ton of catfish where I'm from, so I'm one of these days when, I, uh, when I'm able to sneak out of town, I'm going <laughs> to... Need to try it. Everybody needs to try it at least once. You're either gonna love it or you're gonna hate it. I definitely feel like uh, there's a certain personality that it would uh, that would lean towards it. Um, After years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by overpriced wireless providers. 
If we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I heard that Mint Mobile wireless plans are $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan, I thought, what's the catch? But after talking to them, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they sell wireless service online. They cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those sweet savings directly to you. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com waypoint. That's mintmobile.com waypoint. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com waypoint. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Well, so aside from catfish noodling, um, another uh, another feature I notice in a lot of your posts is Millie. Okay. <laughs> and I swear she's just the funniest thing I've ever seen, and she's she's like a little puppy dog sometimes. She really is. Uh, so, so where, uh, where'd she, where'd Millie come from? Now, I guess I should tell everyone who hasn't seen this. Millie is uh, a little fawn that you guys have, right? Well, she's grown now, but she thinks she's a human. <laughs> <laughs> she does. But the story with her, see, if you keep a deer like we've got, but if you keep them caged or in a pen or you know. If they can't leave in any way, it's illegal to have one. Okay. Somebody brought her to us when she was little because her mama had left her. So we would bottle raise her. We bottle raised her. We raised her up, but we've never kept her cage. She's a free range deer. She's free to come and go as she pleases, but she sleeps on our porch (laughs) (laughs) or. On the doormat. She don't even move when you open the door. She just looks up at you. <laughs> well, I just some of the videos, uh, I think I think you and your dad posted one of uh, him. Uh, he was shoveling out something. It looked like he was shoveling out some uh, some sawdust or something. That was, she loved it, trying to play with it. Oh, my gosh. She was like a little dog jumping in a pile of leaves or something. That was the... I was I probably watched that like ten times. It was the funniest thing I've ever seen. Um, gosh, the uh, what is it? Your I think your dad was was uh, giving her some Mountain Dew at one point. She'll uh, get twisted up. To, she can run. I wish I could run as fast as she can. We were out there playing football the other day, and she runs circles around us. <laughs> just running, no reason, just happy to be alive. <laughs> just run. You all have a deer that plays football with you. That's the that's the be all end all right there. I think I think that's officially about as country as it gets right there. You're probably right. So so how long have you had her? Since around August. She was born in August, anyways. It was somewhere around August or September. Okay, so it's coming up on a year now. Mm-hmm. She's almost a year old. <laughs> Well, and then she, uh, I also saw the video, she uh, wandered off and uh, realized that it's not quite as safe out in the forest as she, she <laughs> originally thought. Yeah, she got eaten up by coyotes. Um, Daddy, she went missing all weekend, and Daddy could see her tracks in the driveway because we live in the middle of nowhere. Our driveway is a mile long, and we live on a dirt road, so we're a mile off the dirt road, <laughs> probably miles from the paved road. <laughs> 
But Daddy saw her tracks in the driveway where the coyotes were chasing her, and the coyote tracks were behind her, and they run her everywhere. I don't. I honestly don't know how like she got away from them because she didn't have any hair left on her head. She was cut up all on her neck and on her back and her back legs. Don't know how she got away. Yeah, she was. Looks like she's doing a lot better now, though. Mm-hmm. And she come running up in the yard just to crying. She's got a little. I don't even know the noise she makes. A little bleat. Mm-hmm. Daddy was there, and she come running up in the yard just to crying. Gosh. Well, I can imagine she's probably not uh, going to wander off quite as much now. <laughs> she likes staying on the porch. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a lot safer up there where the <laughs> where there's people to scare off those coyotes. Definitely. So now, sm- talking about hunting, y'all uh, y'all do a little whitetail hunting out there, some coyote hunting. What's uh, what's your what's your favorite to go after? Favorite is deer. I know I got a pet deer, but I like. <laughs> Of deer hunting we used to raise deer when i was little daddy we still got fallow deer but we used to have whitetail too so i've been around them my whole life and we've hunted all my life it's my favorite and even when we kill a deer talking about millie we'll bring it up and it'll be hanging up and she'll be licking on it while we're cleaning it <laughs> oh. realize they're the same species you think she's a human <laughs> and she eats meat <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't stop laughing right now. <laughs> we were cleaning a fish, and she ate a piece of the fish meat and was sitting there wanting more. Another thing, we'll be out there fishing, and we had a bucket, just a five-gallon bucket with a crappie in it. She reached down and bit it on the tail and drug it out of the bucket. She's a puppy. She's <laughs> she's a she's little a- puppy dog that just looks like a deer. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> y'all hunt coyotes out there. You hunt deer. Uh, anything we else you like to chase out there? Hogs. We kill a lot of pigs. Okay. Cat- hogs are starting to be a problem around here. We're getting overpopulated with them, so we try to take as many of them out as we can. I think that's generally the case just about everywhere. We got we got just too many of those out here in California, even. So uh, have. When you uh, when you're out hunting for deer, is it mostly tree stand hunting? Down in South Alabama, it's so thick down here. We got pines and yopons and underbrush growing. You can't do much spot and stalk because you can't spot them. <laughs> <laughs> it's so, we do most of ours out of a tree stand. Okay, Only you can see for a long ways if it's a clear cut or a big old cattle pasture. I gotcha. Mm-hmm. Well, so if you could. Uh, if you could pick any hunt in the world to do, anywhere in the world, anywhere in the United States, uh, any species, what would it be? What would be your dream hunt? Probably a whitetail in either Kansas, Iowa, or Canada. Okay. Why mm-hmm. uh, Why whitetail out there? Because they get a whole lot bigger than they do here. <laughs> yeah? Oh, yeah, a lot bigger. South Alabama deer, they say, are the... Second to Florida, hardest to hunt in the world. Okay. Are you familiar with uh, coos deer out in Arizona? I've heard of them. I've never seen one. They're about, um, they're kind of like a, a, they're species of whitetail actually, but they're actually, they're, 
they have these like I guess they're kind of islands, if you will, in the middle of the desert. So there'll mm-hmm. be these like little mountain islands that kind of come up out of the middle of the desert, and they're so isolated that the deer can't move from one to the other. So they've hmm. they've kind of been bred together. You know, they've been interbreeding and stuff, and they're they're really really teeny deer, and they're this kind of sandy gray color that matches the sand almost perfectly, and they're near impossible to see. Uh, until until you scare them away and they fluff up that that white rear end, um, but you should uh, if it if it makes you feel any better, there are definitely some whitetail out there smaller than uh, smaller than Alabama whitetail. You kill a pound buck in Alabama and everybody's woo, you know. <laughs> <laughs> you hear a deer being killed that are three hundred pounds. Oh. I, I I will say that's a that's got to be a pretty big pretty big whitetail uh, just about anywhere. So uh, you've recently just hit a couple of milestones on Facebook and Instagram. You hit uh, what is it seventy thousand on Facebook and sixty thousand on Instagram. That's right. And you're doing a giveaway. Um, probably actually by the time this this airs, I think the giveaway. Uh, we're recording this uh, on the 31st, and the giveaway is ending tomorrow on the 1st, right? That's right. So it's we'll... going to be fun drawing a winner because I'm going to have to write down a lot of names. <laughs> I've done I've done a couple myself, and that's I, I always end up putting it off for a day or two because I just don't want to write down all those names and then <laughs> give them each a number and all of that stuff. I've got to find an easier way to do it. The noodling video was posted up, what, about a year ago, you said? Mm-hmm. Last June. Last so June. Quite, uh, quite a year. So I'd say that's a pretty big, uh, pretty big jump for a year. <laughs> what's it? What's it like suddenly? Kind of just having this huge. I mean, really, just explosion of fame. Well, it's opened my eyes to a lot of things. I never realized how many animal rights people were out there because, Lord have mercy, I get death threats every day. Poor little animals. Oh, it's (laughs) It's amazing. And plus, a few people actually recognized me. I was sitting in class, you know, I'm in college at Troy University, and I was sitting in class the other day. Somebody said, have y'all seen that video of that girl? She's about... Five, five, catching a catfish. I said, yeah, but she's actually only about five foot tall. <laughs> and they, they looked over at me, kind of funny. And then he said, wait, is that you? I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, yeah, I, I've I've heard rumors. I about a, from a lot of people you know you see people like Cameron Haynes post them and um, just just everyone it's it's amazing how some people who are supposed to be all about love and peace and prosperity can <laughs> I mean they're really brave when they're hiding behind a computer screen oh. and which is not real smart to mess with somebody that's good at- <laughs> and stuff anyway <laughs> you're just cruising for a bruising with that <laughs> i mean Somebody told me they said well, how would you feel or no they said i'm gonna come and hunt down you and your family i told them good luck <laughs> you know and put a face on it 
you know, there's there's a a lot of people. I just or a lot of families I wouldn't want to mess with, and and y'all are definitely on the list. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wouldn't want to mess with Daddy. Oh, Lord, I'm man. him bad, and it ain't. <laughs> <laughs> Don't want no part of it. I promise. Oh, I can imagine. Eating better is easy with Factor's delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Every fresh, never-frozen meal is chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes, including Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, which is the one I like, and Keto. Get started today and get after your goals. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are ready to heat and eat so there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Sign up and save. We've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 and use the code waypointpod50 to get 50% off. That's waypointpod50 at factormeals.com slash waypointpod50 to get 50% off. And so the other thing I hear, I have a lot of, I have a lot of female friends that are in the, the hunting industry. And uh, one thing I always notice on all of their, their posts, and I notice on yours as well, are the countless marriage proposals and <laughs> how many, I mean, I, I can only, I, as I've said before, I, I see what you get just in the comments, I can only imagine what you get in the messages. Oh, usually it's old men is what's the worst. I mean, 60s, like, dude, you're old enough to be my granddaddy. (laughs) One of the worst things is every so often I get this, like, morbid curiosity, and I'll see one of those comments, and I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to click on that guy's profile, and And I'll click on it. They're married almost every time. Yeah. I mean, dude, you got a wife. Go look at her song. I'm like, all right. Gentlemen, any of y'all that are listening to this right now, stop. For the sake of all mankind, just stop. It's creepy. It's weird. Hannah's got a boyfriend. Just stop, please. <laughs> it's embarrassing for all of us. If your wife sees that, <laughs> you better. Oh, man. So Facebook is public. You know she's going to see where you commented on it. <laughs> now her neck's going to break loose, and she's going to get after you with a frying pan. So it ain't, it ain't good. Ain't a good situation. Well, I've got to say, Hunter's got to be a, a pretty strong man to have to put up with all that, I have to say. but He's done good with it. Daddy, <laughs> they just don't read the comments. You know, that's generally just a good philosophy with anything. Just never read the comments. That's kind of no, my motto. Ain't worth it. <laughs> Daddy said, I don't even read the comments. He was sitting in the tree stand reading them, and he got so mad one day. <laughs> oh, man. I can I can only imagine how... <laughs> especially, he seems like the he seems like the protective daddy kind of type. Oh, yeah. First date. He was sharpening his machete one day when a guy came to pick me up. That was back when I was about 15. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's fantastic. And any any guy that's going to pick you up knows he's he's driving down that dirt road, down that mile long driveway. (laughs) 
Yep. <laughs> there ain't no help coming from him if he's in trouble. <laughs> Hunter said the first time he pulled up, because I met him on the lake where we noodle. He lives there. He said the first time he pulled up and saw me standing there with daddy, he said, I realized something. He said, your daddy could kill me with his bare hands. <laughs> <laughs> so when he saw me. <laughs> Well, so far he seems alive and well, so he must be a pretty dang good guy. Yeah, Daddy actually likes him, so hey. <laughs> well, my last one. He's still not happy with my last one. <laughs> they know better than to drive within a few miles of your place, I'm sure. You would think, but I showed my last one how to noodle, which Daddy told me I shouldn't do that. Now he's taking his new girl and he's cleaning out all the holes I showed him. So mm. I'm really Daddy, don't never see him out there cleaning out our hole. Ooh, that uh, that noodling hook might end up in somebody else's thigh, or their ear. One, I don't know. <laughs> you're gonna you're gonna show up one day and see your daddy just dragging someone behind the boat. that. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh well. <laughs> Go faster. So, uh, a lot of my podcast is kind of. Uh, dedicated towards people that you know aren't necessarily from the country or people that just haven't been raised hunting, fishing, any of this, don't know, um, just don't know about it. Uh, do you have any maybe recommendations or any advice for someone that's saying, Hey, I'm new to hunting, I'm new to fishing, I just I love the outdoors, I want to get into this. But I just don't even know where to start. I'm a little intimidated by it. There's a lot of stuff. Any any advice for people like that? Well, something like that, you can't just ease into it. you got to jump into it. Because <laughs> if you're going to hunt, you need something to hunt with. And, well, you can hunt public land, which is the good thing about the United States, is we got all kinds of public land to hunt. So that's not going to be a big problem. But you got to have a hunting license, or if you're going to fish, you got to have a fishing license. So if you want to do it, you need to commit, you know, follow through with it and don't give up on it because it's going to be confusing at first. It's still confusing sometimes and it's still tough, but that's what makes it fun. And once you get your deer or you catch your fish or whatever, you'll look back at all that you did to get to that point. You'll be proud of it. You'll be proud that you got into it in the first place. So it's worth it. That's fantastic. So... Definitely want to make sure you're keeping at it. Um. So what was uh what was the first animal you ever took uh, hunting? A deer. How how I, old were you when you took your first deer? I was eight years old. Eight years old with a rifle. With a rifle. Dang. Two, no, two forty three. Yep. Okay. Did uh did your pop make you skin it? Oh, well, I'd been cleaning some of his deer before then, so that wasn't that. <laughs> oh, so it was it was old hat by then. Oh, yeah. Daddy made me wait that long because I was a little tiny thing. I've always been little. But um, he wanted me to get to be big enough where I wouldn't take it for granted when I killed my first deer. He wanted me to understand what went into it and, you know, be old enough to appreciate it. Well, you know what? Your dad sounds like a pretty wise guy, I have to say. He can be. <laughs> well, 
Hannah, if uh, people wanted to find you online, follow along with uh, all your noodling and all your other adventures, uh, where can people find you online? Well, um, I'm trying to get a YouTube video started yet, but I haven't got that rolling. If I do, you'll be the first to know. It's going to be Hannah Barron Outdoors. My Facebook is Hannah Barron Outdoors, and my Instagram is Hannah Barron 96. All right. No website up yet? Not yet. That's I'm not good with technology, so I'm scared to even attempt that yet. <laughs> well, you gotta you gotta get a website up and start uh, start selling some Hannah Baron noodling hats or something. Or God, I need to make a sleeve. I was gonna say, there you go. Get a get yourself a logo going and uh, start selling those Hannah Baron branded noodling sleeves. And that's awesome. I will uh, I will definitely be the first one to buy one and get uh, for my my first noodling trip whenever I get to take that. So, all right. Well, uh, I think that'll do it for today's podcast. Thank you so much for hopping on the call. I think everyone will get a real kick out of this one. (laughs) Well, thank you. All right, y'all. That's it for living country in the city. Episode 18. Another big thank you to Hannah for joining me. Make sure you head on over to our show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 18 and check out all of Hannah's social pages and videos. Also, don't forget that I've still got my 2,000 follower giveaway going on Instagram. You can win over $600 in prizes from Mountain Ops, Elk101.com, Hunt and Fool, Backcountry Hunters and Anglers, and tons more. Check it out at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 2K. There's tons of opportunities to get bonus entries to win, so check it out. That's livingcountryinthecity.com slash 2K, the number 2, the letter K. Now, if y'all like this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Just search for Living Country in the City on your favorite podcast platform and click that subscribe button. Also, take a moment to give me a rating and review in iTunes or Stitcher. It really helps the podcast grow and it only takes a minute. They can be short and sweet and I really, really appreciate each one. So thank you all so much for tuning in today and until next time, stay country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. I ain't got a clue how to hang this up. Oh, I see it. Okay. What, what is it doing?